This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So welcome back to another Kerry Dixon preview show starring Chelsea legend Kerry Dixon. How are you, mate? I'm fine, thank you, Dave. Yourself? Yeah, all right, fella. I mean, it helps uh, having another another win under our belt against Sunderland, doesn't it? Yes, and, uh, you know, we'll be getting into this sort of stage whereby we're beginning to predict things and get some right, get some wrong. Um, sometimes it doesn't matter what you predict, you just want to win the game. Um, Chelsea yeah. with a better side up at Sunderland. We said many times that all games are difficult in the Premier League. There's no easy games, and there isn't. Um, we were well worth the win, but 1-0 seems a tight game. But I thought Chelsea were the better side um, quite comfortably during the game. But while it's 1-0, there was always a chance we could drop points, as you know, as has happened before. Um, but nevertheless, six points clear going into Christmas, um, something which I never saw at the start of this season. Um, and I think it's a wonderful position, and... It gives us a real chance in the second half of the season. Mm, yeah, I, I think uh, I couldn't agree more with that. It, you know, one nil is is three points at the end of the day, and I think you're right. I think that we dominated a game where basically Sunderland. I think they they had what six six defenders, and really had very very few attempts on goal. But you're right. If you don't put your chances away, it always uh, leaves you vulnerable. And I think quite a lot of us. I mean, a lot of us. You know. Obviously, there was quite a, you know, about two and a half thousand or so Chelsea fans there, which, you know, going all the way to Sunderland in the midweek is a, is a stunning performance in my book. But uh, the rest of us were watching it on dodgy streams. And I can tell you, those last 10 minutes, they, they seemed a very long time. But there well, you go. Well, just talking on the last 10 minutes, you know, you say a league is won or lost and, and every player's got to play their part. And I, and I mean, in the squad and Chelsea, you know, we haven't rotated the squad too many times. Um but someone who has been pretty much a stalwart, but not hasn't had too much of a mention, is uh, Courtois, Thibaut Courtois. Yeah. And, uh, you know, games like that, um, they, earn, they earn their money. Um, you know, we played well, better side, but only 1-0. And bar for a couple of saves, could have either lost three points or dropped two points. And, mm. you know, it's a, 
I remember Petr Cech when he was playing and you know Chelsea went on to win the league. And people say a goalkeeper can earn you an extra 10 or 12 points a season. And yeah. it's the difference between finishing mid-table and in the mix, you know, or finishing top or C. And, you know, Courtois has earned his call. And, you know, I expect one or two more performances like that or saves like that. And there'll be one or two mistakes as well. But everyone will play their part and it's going along very well. I'm I'm really glad you you brought up Courtois actually because he's he's an interesting character. I mean, first of all, you're spot on. I mean, I thought he made two absolutely superb saves. The first one from Yanazai, but that pretty much last minute save uh, from you know Chelsea old, old boy Van Aanholt was absolutely world class in my book. And you know you, you you said it yourself, Kerry. You know I think a decent keeper is worth a good you know nine twelve points uh, a season and, and and I think there was the proof, but I think the interesting thing about Courtois, of course he came to Chelsea with a with a massive reputation you know did fantastically well at Atletico Madrid um you know and and whilst I would never lay the blame for a lot of goals solely on the goalkeeper, but he's made some funny comments in the press now and again, and he he hasn't really endeared himself to the Chelsea supporters. I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that you know, he replaced Petr Cech, who was, of course, well-loved. But I kind of sense that, you know, if he keeps putting in performances like that, uh, he's going to, you know, he's going to really endear himself to Chelsea supporters. And he was certainly getting a lot of love after the game, wasn't he? Well, I think Chelsea supporters, like all football supporters, aren't stupid. They see what happens. They look at what's being said or what's being quoted. And, you know, they make their minds up. And I've said over the few shows that I've done this season, um, you get out what you put in. And bad yeah. comments and negative thoughts and, and you know, press and, and so on. And what people can see, um, they make their own minds up. Um, he undoubtedly is a wonderful keeper. He's arguably got his best years ahead of him. Um, that's the reason Chelsea took the decision to release Petacek because he was endearing. He was a wonderful goalkeeper. And I have to say, he still is. Um, and yeah. listen, we could have easily kept him three or four or five years. Um, and it wouldn't have been a problem. But Courtois could arguably have 10, 15 years ahead of him as well. And, you know, Chelsea made a decision. And it's performances like that that will, if fans have a doubt, it will turn their heads and make them think, yep, Chelsea did make the right decision. They went for youth and the possibility rather than what they already had, which was a safe pair of hands. And they decided that uh, Courtois is going to be the one. Um, Everyone has their doubts. And... He has made one or two what I call ricks or mistakes. You, you said you wouldn't blame him solely. But every keeper will make their mistakes. De Gea does, mm. Buffon has, all the great keepers, you know, they'll make mistakes. But they won't make too many. And, you know, a few more performances like that from Courtois, Chelsea fans will love him as much as Czech, I do believe. Yeah, I, I think so. And amen to that. I think the other interesting thing, and I think you, you alluded to that a minute ago, is that, you know, if you've got aspirations of winning the title, then you really do need a decent keeper. And and whatever else he he's done or not done in the time that he's been here, there's no doubt that that, that Courtois on his on his day and on his game is a world class keeper. Uh, and I think when you look at our title rivals, when you've got uh, Liverpool with the goalkeeping problems that they have, for example, City as well with this uh, this their, their new signing Bravo, um, I think that does bode well for us. Um, there's another chap as well, actually. Uh, who 
I, I have to admit, Kerry, as you well know, I've been guilty of giving a bit of a hard time to in the past. Uh, but actually, the last three games, uh, he, he's made some fantastic contributions. And I have to say that his goal, which was the difference between the two sides at the end of the day, was absolutely superb. I thought Fabregas was excellent. Well, you know, um, last week you questioned uh, whether he should be in or shouldn't be in. I like Matic, I like Kante, but I like Fabregas. And, you know, I've looked at our creative players and, you know, William offers something in free kicks and Pedro is pacey and offers what he offers. Moses works down the side. Hazard is our main flair player and he's the one that can unlock defences. If Hazard wasn't playing, it didn't surprise me that Fabregas was the man to mm. unlock a game that's going to be tight. He has the pass, he has the finesse, and he has the ability to do it. And it's a tough call because Chelsea have got a, a side that's balanced, it's winning and it works. But somehow, I would find a place for Fabregas, I have to say. Um, I, mm. I think what he would give you going forward is a little bit more than perhaps one of the two defensive midfield players will offer going backwards. And, you know, whether we need to or not, I think I think there's a place for Fabregas. It's tough on one of the other two. And I think between them, they can share it around. But I like the burden, if you like, lifted from Hazard um, in terms of being the only flair player to possibly unlock. And listen, I don't want everyone starts jumping on me saying about Moses can do it, Pedro, William, yes. But I do believe what I'm saying. The, the special passer, Hazard is a dribbler. He can make things happen. He could go on to be world-class. And Costa is the finisher. I do believe they're the ingredients that, that make a top side, as well as the goalkeeper and everyone else's contribution as well. But if you took Messi out of Barcelona or Ronaldo out of Real, it was, yeah, they'd still be good. But would they be special? That's the mm. difference. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think really it's horses for courses for me. I think if we're going to keep playing a lot of teams who I think, you know, judging by the last two games, they're just going to really set up to defend then you're right. I, th- I don't think you need two more defensive, you know, midfielders in Kante and Matic. And I think that, you know, clearly Fabregas offers a lot more creatively. So if you're faced with opposition like that, then I think, yeah, he needs to be starting. I'd be a little bit more concerned if we're playing against perhaps one of the bigger teams who are going to come and attack us because, you know, that's where I think his, his defensive deficiencies get shown up. But I think you're right. You know, he, he's a superb creative player. And I mean, the, the goal that he set up for Costa against uh, City, of course, springs to mind as well. And the way he got on the end of that goal against Sunderland was fantastic. So I, I'd be happy to see him start, certainly against teams who are going to set up to defend against us. And just to, just to rather stamp the fact that it is a we all agree show, um, I, actually, <laughs> I actually agree with you. I think horses for courses, and there are times away from home that the two, the two defensive midfield players would uh, tighten up and probably yeah. be preferred. Okay, well, there we go. It's nice to see we're agreeing, Kerry. It's a good start so far. Um, You know, obviously, uh, you know, like we said at the beginning of the show, I mean, it was was a tough game in a sense, although we did dominate. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, grinding out results against resilient and organised opposition is exactly what you need to win titles, isn't it? And I I remember, you know, when Mourinho first turned up, we, we did that a fair few times. And, you know, the character and the team spirit at the side shone through. And, you know, a game that we might have, have, have drawn, perhaps, we've come away with three points. You know, I think that's a really good sign. Do you? 
every now and again, you're going to get a special performance during the season. If you're lucky, you might get three or four. You know, we might win 5 nil in a spectacular game and what a result, didn't see that and so on. And we've seen one or two lately. Um, but to be in a position to make them special moments count, you've got to get the one nils away from home. You've got to grind out possibly a draw at your rivals um, and take the point back and beat them at home, that sort of stuff. And, you know... Yeah, I fully understand that. You don't have a special... You might have a special season, but it's made up, I would say, of 10 mundane games. But during them games, you've got to take the points. Yeah, absolutely right. And uh, talking of points, we're now six points clear at the top. Uh, I don't know many people who would have thought that we would be six uh, points clear at the top of the Premier League now if they look back to where we were a year ago. And, of course, a lot of people were talking about it this week, but uh, the Sunderland game saw the you know, the one-year anniversary of, of Jose departing. Um, I mean, in a sense, you know, he's, he's not really being missed. And I think a lot of that is down to how fantastic Conte, you know, has turned the side around. I mean, what's, I mean you know, do you miss Jose? And, you know, what's your favourite thing about Conte, Gary? Um, I think Jose Mourinho is one of us. I've said it before. I think mm. his contribution to the football club should not be understated. Um, and I'm sure it isn't. It was sad the way he left. It was sad mm. what happened the final season. Um, and Chelsea, in my opinion, at the moment, have made a pretty good decision in terms of management. Yeah. Um, and I'm saying that because it's a results business. And at the moment, he's getting the right results and we're top at Christmas, as you say. I'd like to be saying the same thing in May when we hoist the Premier League crown. Um, then I would say they definitely made the right choice. If we fall spectacularly and something happens, there'll be question marks. Um, and for that reason, I'm not going to go in. Uh, Conte's done it in Italy. He's done it in, in other places. For Chelsea fans, and to take him to the levels of Mourinho's, Ancelotti's, etc., he's got to do it here. And, you know, he's he's on the right he's on the right line. Um, so we will have a steady ship, but it... You know, I look back to the Arsenal thing and they got Arsene Wenger and I do think he's a fantastic manager. But we want, we want to win things. We, we wouldn't be content with third or fourth every year, uh, Champions League football. It comes a time, we want the win. We're used to it. We get it. The fans and, of course, the hierarchy demand it. So, Conte, in that respect, is expected to produce and uh, I'm no different from everyone else and every other supporter. I, I expect him to, from this position, to go on and win the league. I really do. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. Well, I mean, you know, one thing he, he he's done fantastically well so far, of course, is he's got us on a a ten game winning streak, which is, I think, uh, and, and I got this from Rick Glanville, and if you know, if anybody well, it, knows, it will he be right, will. Then. But exactly, or he'll be he'll be emailing me or texting me and telling me that I've got it wrong as usual. But <laughs> that's the first time we've got ten wins in a row in a season. So we've done it before, spread across two. But it's the first time we've got ten wins in a row in a season, and of course. Uh, you know, if we win against uh, Palace on Saturday, uh, we'll match our, our, our kind of wins, uh, our biggest winning streak of 11. Um, but before we get into the Palace game, what was? do you remember the, the longest uh, winning streak you you had when you were playing for Chelsea? I don't know about winning streak. I think we went 26 unbeaten in the second division, yeah. second time round. And it, yeah. we, I think it's Bradford disaster that ended away at Leicester. I think we went 26 yeah. games. You asked Rick about that one, but if memory serves me correctly, it was a, it was a long run of winning games or, or undefeated games. 
Um, in yeah. terms of winning games, can't quite remember that. Yeah, you're right. Rick will know, as will Kelvin Barker, who is the absolute oracle for all things Chelsea in the 80s, of course. I might well, I might well ask him, actually. But, I mean, I, re- I remember, I, that does ring a bell, actually, Kerry, that, that, that it, did, it did come to an end on the same day as the Bradford disaster. That's what, that, yeah, I do remember that. I'll tell you what I never forget, and that's the, uh, the run we had without scoring a goal in the 79-80 season, which was something like 19 games without scoring a goal. Thank God we signed you three years later, is all I can say. <laughs> I remember going six without a goal. I scored against Arsenal. I think it was six or yeah. seven, six or seven games <laughs> after that. They were questioning, was it a fluke? Did he mean it? And can he do it? But uh, anyway, the rest is history. The rest is history. Indeed it is. Uh- Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> It's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, but yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Anyway, look, looking forward to, to Palace on Saturday. I'm, I'm, I can't wait, actually, man, because I'm, I'm going. I've got, I've got a, a, rare, a rare away ticket for me, so I'm really pumped for that. Um, but I have a suspicion that, like West Brom and Sunderland, it's not going to be easy. And, you know, they've got... I mean, I know they've, they've had some shocking form this year, haven't they? But they've got some decent players. I mean, Benteke's caused trouble before. Sahar's playing really, really well. Kabaye's a decent player. So, I don't know. I, I'm a bit twitchy about it. How, how are you feeling about it? Dave, you're a supporter. You'll be twitchy about every game. Um, <laughs> and, the and, yes, we're all twitchy about every game. We'll be twitchy against Sunderland at home. We'll be twitchy against you know yeah. any game. It's the way it is. It's because it, it, we yeah. we we believe we should win, and then we start to think about all their good players. Look at our good players. Um, having said that, I'm not going to be so bullshit as I was against West Brom. I thought we'd win. You know, you're absolutely right. I have to commend you on that, by the way. Um, yeah. Well, I got but, the Sunderland game right as well. I, I even forgot I'd done this, but apparently on the show on Monday, I predicted 1-0 again, so I was spot on twice. Well, it'll be interesting to see what you say at the end of the show, but nevertheless, um, this one will be tight, I think. Um, they have got good yeah. players, as you say, and it's a difficult place. Noisy atmosphere. 
Um, create a good atmosphere, certainly win against Chelsea. Um, I expect us to win. I, I, I've said mm. at the moment we're good enough to always be one goal better than the opposition at least. Um, yeah. I expect us to win. I'll, I'll come down on the side of 2-1, but it could be 3-2, it could be 1-0. Yeah. I, I think we're all yeah. that little bit better than the, the Crystal Palaces and, and people like this. Um, and it would be a shame going into Christmas after the 10 games and all of the, the good results we've had recently to you know to lose there it's a shame to lose anywhere or shame to drop points yeah but, sure um, and having said that would I take a point I'd take a point but I really think you know to rubber rubber stamp your credentials for the title I think you need to be taking three at Palace at the moment yeah no I, I, I agree with that and actually I, I, I agree with you on the on the uh, on the score prediction too, I, I th- you know I'm going to go for a two-one because I do think it's going to be a tough game. I mean they they actually gave United a game the other day, and I think United have actually improved a lot over the last few weeks. Uh, oh. And in a, in, a, in a sense, they were quite lucky to come away with a two-one. But I, I, I my feeling is for two-one too. Anyway, you're sorry you're about to say something. No, I tend to agree. Uh, United have improved, but without getting the results, which would make Joe yeah. infuriated. Um, you know, but yeah. they have improved, and you know they haven't necessarily picked up the points. Which, which goes back to what we were saying at the start of the show. You don't have to always play great, but you have to pick up the points if you're going to be in contention. United have improved, and look where they are. I think they're something like 13 points behind us, or maybe more. Um, and yet they've improved. I mean, the other thing that actually always concerns me is playing what you know what the Palace fans like to call Pardiola. But uh, dear old Pardew, who of course was uh, used to stand on the terraces at Stamford Bridge, uh, when he was a youngster, has he has a real knack of getting one over on Chelsea. I mean, I particularly remember it when he was at uh, at Newcastle. He would quite often get a win over us. So I don't know why. Something about Pardew worries me as well. I mean, you know, he's under a lot of stick and a lot of pressure at the moment, but do you rate him as a manager? You also know, having spoke to me on a regular basis, that, you know, someone has to manage, someone has to do the job. And I do believe that organisation, I do believe in... Uh, motivation and I do believe in taking training and the ability to keep players happy um, but I also believe that it's players that, that make it and you know mm. a manager I do believe is only as good as the players yeah. um, you, yeah. can be a, you, you can think you're a world class manager if, if your players and your team aren't doing any good and not getting the points is Jose Mourinho a good manager at the moment? Arguable um, <laughs> I, I, you just don't know is Padre a good manager? Yeah he's a friend of mine Alan and you know is he? he yeah I, Old class of a friend, yeah. Um, yeah. Is he a good manager? He stood the test of time. He's worked in the Premier League and the Championship for a long, long time now. And he's still getting jobs, which means he's yeah. doing something right because people are continuing to employ him. His teams are sometimes successful. He's always worked, for me, with teams that are mid-table to top of the Championship sides. Um, you know, it's a, different, it's, it's a different topic of conversation about whether managers get top jobs, whether they should be British and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, he's a good manager. He plies his trade, gets on with a job, you know, and it's up to the players to make managers as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and I mean, let, let's face it, Kerry, you know, he's also one of the few uh, 
English managers in the league. So in a sense, that kind of counts for, for something, I think. Um, but I agree with you. I think I think I think actually in, in the modern in the modern game, you know, to survive as a manager and keep getting work is is in a sense an achievement. I mean, if, if you look at somebody like Alan Kerbishley, for example, who did brilliantly well with Charlton for years and years and years, but he's he, you know he he always gets mentioned, but he very rarely gets jobs these days, does he? Well, there's there's quite a few of them floating around. Where people mm. haven't managed to get jobs. They're up for every job, and for some reason, certain managers get it and some don't. So yeah, you've got to be yeah. doing something right somewhere. Indeed, you do. Um, now, uh, Hazard obviously was injured uh, for, against uh, for uh, Sunderland because he got. Uh, well, I, I seem to remember he got kicked by somebody against West Brom. Unsurprisingly, one might say. Uh, and I, I've noticed this with Hazard. If he takes a bit of a knock, he, he, he can put him out of the game a bit. But uh, apparently, Conte was saying in the presser that uh, he, he's fit but uh, he's going to kind of wait to, 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 to decide whether he's going to play him or not. I mean, given that, would you play him or would you just stick with Fabregas again, pretty much the same side that we started against Sunderland? Well, it wasn't really Fabregas for Hazard um, in that respect. Um, no, that's true. You know, you know um, whether Williams stays, I think Williams done enough. There's a fair battle, William Pedro. Um, Moses pretty much on the right, but if he was injured or booked or something like that, then it'd go that way. But yeah, if Hazard's fit, he plays for me. He's, you yeah. know, yeah. Um, he's the match winner. Um, if he's got a slight, and there is a doubt, and you know, it's a tricky game. You could leave him on the bench. You know, you could bring yeah. in a, a match. You know, horses for courses, as you've said earlier on. It, it could be a case of uh, steady the ship at first. Let's see what we've got. Bring Hazard on if if, if it isn't going our way. Um, mm. If he's got a slight, but listen, if he's fit for me, he plays. Um, yeah. When he's in, he's in form. He won't want to sit on the bench if he's fit. Yeah. Um, that's Conte's decision. Um, he's yeah. been going along and the same players same 11 played I don't know how many seven, eight, nine times I don't know but um, if they're fit I think he's got about two decisions to make Fabregas for one of the defensive midfield players and at the moment Pedro William um, mm. I would love to say JT in somewhere but at the moment any of the back three would be disappointed if they were left out so there's yeah. only two decisions to make each game at the moment for me mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, I agree with that. I mean, if, if, if Hazard is fit, then he has to play. But I, I think if he's not fit or not 100% fit, then I think, yeah, definitely rest him because, uh, you know, he and Costa are so crucial to this side at the moment that, uh, you know, if, if if we had either of them out for a while, I think that that, that would be a worry for us. Um, I think we've already pretty much nailed our colours to the mask with a score. I mean, you're you're saying really by the odd goal and I'm, I'm sticking my neck out for a 2-1. Um, would that be right? Well, I'd say 2-1 if you ask me and tie me down for it. But I, I do believe if it's a free-scoring game, Chelsea will always have that one goal too much for Palace. And yeah, if it's a tight game, enough. I think they're capable of nicking it. Like you know, um, That's really what I believe in this side at the moment. Um, and long may it continue. Yeah, the other thing I've noticed, actually, Kerry, which I do think is really encouraging, is that they seem to have patience as well. There, there seems to be a belief and a confidence about the side that they are going to score. Um, whether it's in the third minute or the 93rd minute, they always believe they can score. So if it does get into a game like that, I, I would I would still feel fairly relaxed. <laughs> well, I will be relaxed because I'm going to have a few beers before the game, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I know what you mean. And listen, the supporters feel that way as well. You can sometimes sense a bit of anxiety on the terraces. But I think the supporters in certain games realise, you know, Chelsea have got it within them. And, you know, the supporters will demand it. They'll support the team and ask for it. And... I think this team can deliver, and uh, I expect to yeah. be tomorrow. 
Good. Oh, well, let's hope so. Fingers crossed. Um, now, before I let you go, I just want to have a quick chat with you about this uh, um, quite stunning news, really, this week, that uh, a Chinese club, who I, I'm not going to tr- even begin to try and pronounce, but they've apparently bid something like 50 or 60 million uh, to Oscar, and it looks like it might well happen, which is uh, quite stunning, I think. I mean, you know, first question really is what, I mean, apart from the money, obviously, um, I mean, who wouldn't go for that kind of money? And I wouldn't blame anybody for doing that. Uh, But, you know, Chinese football, I mean, is is that not, you know, really kind of saying that's the end of your career, really? Well, is it? Um, If they're paying 60 million or 50, 60 million to a club, then the player's going to certainly benefit from in wages. He's not going there for a small amount of money. Um, Yeah. It's, it depends on the player, what you want, uh, you know, um, and maybe we view it from a, a British player's perspective as opposed to maybe a Brazilian, Argentinian, and you know, or, or someone from another part of the world. Um, Chinese football is on the up, that's for sure. Mm. Um, plenty of top managers have gone there. And it'd be Oscar's cool. Um, I think Oscar's mm. a good player. Um, whether yeah. we get him aside, he's not getting it at the moment, but, you know, he's been part of our squad now and, and title-winning squads for the period he's been here. Um, the £60 million, pound, I'm not surprised Chelsea accepted the bid, if I'm being no. honest. Um, for a midfield player, albeit a Brazilian regular, um, yeah, I think it's good money and I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if it happens. Yeah, no, well, I, I, nor would I, actually. And I think looking at Oscar as well, uh, I'll be really honest with you, Kerry, I, I, I'm slightly disappointed with Oscar, but uh, really the disappointment stems from the fact that when he arrived, I, I was so excited when we signed him. Uh, and then he, you know, he announced himself with that absolutely superb goal against Juventus, which actually is still one of the best Chelsea goals I've ever seen. Um and I just felt he had so much talent and I thought that this kid could go on and be one of the best players in the world and I thought he would be stunning for us. But So perhaps my expectations were too high and I, I accept that. But, I, you know, I'm a bit disappointed really with the fact that he's not really pushed on at Chelsea. I mean, you, you seem a bit more positive about him. I think you've got to put it in perspective a little bit. You know, um, mm. what would you say about Victor Moses and his stint at Chelsea? Or would you say Oscars is a better stint? But at the moment you say, well, Moses is doing it, he's in the team and all the rest of it. But you look at it, the overall picture... Maybe Victor would be a little bit disappointed at the moment if he stays mm. in the side and we win the league and he's part of a, championship, a title-winning side. And that's not a knock for, for Moses. I think he's done fantastically mm. well. Um, but when you've been in the side, when you are something, you've got to achieve something. And if you're part of a side, it takes the side to win something. Um, you know, individual flair players can help. Brilliant goalkeeping, as we've discussed, can help. Solid defending can help. An all-round work rate can help. But if you're part of it, then you're... You're a piece of it. And, you know, yeah. Oscar has been a piece of it. And, yeah. you know, let's just not be too harsh on the lad. Um, he's been part of a title winning side. And I'll, I'll tell you, if, I don't know what the stats are. Rick and Kelvin can come into that particular thing. But he's played <laughs> his part. He's played his part. And, you know, but 60 million is good money. Yeah, no, quite right. I don't think the club would, would, would turn that down. Um, just a, a final one, actually, because there's another bit of good news this week, is that uh, uh, Cesar Aspilicueta, or Dave, as he's commonly known, uh, has signed a new contract. And I, for one, am delighted, because I think he's an absolutely superb player. And I also think he's one of the unsung heroes of the side for the last few years. I mean, how, how highly do you rate him, mate? Um yeah, I, I don't think, and I don't think he's an Ashley Cole. Uh, I think Ashley Cole was arguably one of the best in the world. 
in his position. I think that Azpilicueta is doing wonderfully well and has done wonderfully well, first to dislodge Cole, then to dislodge Ivanovic, and effectively to dislodge JT. Um, mm. You might say he's done neither, but you might say he's done them all. Um, but the fact is, he's playing in the side. You've got JT and Ivanovic, for whatever reason, not in the side. And Ashley Cole has left the club and Azpilicueta was playing in his position. Uh, yeah. Signed a new three-year deal. I'm not surprised the club offered it. I'm not surprised he signed it. Um, it fits for him and it fits for the club. And while that's happening, bring it on. Uh, I don't see a problem. Yeah. I'm not going to go overboard. You said absolutely fantastic. Um, I think that's actually miracle a little bit. I think, uh, <laughs> I think, you know, if you, you, you compare him to John Terry, it's a, it's a different ball game. Um, yeah, I'll leave it. At what it's I'm only because he's got. It's only because he's got the same name as me. That's what it is. Well, that's Billy Quetta. That's right. Cesar, actually. But, but I tell you what, I, I, I kind of know what you mean. I mean, you know, he, he, he's not going to be one of the best players in the team. He never will be. But, you know, I, I'm a great believer in the fact, as, as you kind of re- re- reiterated a minute ago, really, when you were talking about Oscar, it is a team game. It's not a, yeah. a, a game of 11 individuals. And I'm reminded of something, actually, that, that Mourinho... Uh, used to say about another absolute all-time favourite of mine, which is Paolo Ferreira, not least because he's got great hair. But uh, Mourinho said of Paolo Ferreira that he's never a 10, he's never a 9, but he's always a 7. And I need some players in that team who are always going to give me at least that. And I thought that was quite an interesting way of putting it, really. Well, I think you can put that down to quite a few players. Um, and if mm. that be the case, um, Branislav Ivanovic was always an 8. Mm. Well, I'm a big fan of Branners. I mean, I, I think I think that you know. I mean, you, listen, I think you asked me a question. I'm interrupted him, but... here, and I said that Ivanovic. <laughs> uh, some people say he hasn't didn't play so well. Ivanovic or Aspilicueta. Um, at the moment, it's a man in possession, but yeah, it's a tough tool all over. Um, if if there is yeah. tough tools. Yeah. No, I mean, as I said, I, I, I'm a great fan of Branners. I just think that, you know, time might be catching up with him a bit. But, uh, but I mean, you know, if you, if you want to talk about Branner, I think I think what he's achieved at the club, uh, you know, both uh, personally and, and collectively is, is, I mean, you know, he's the kind of player that every supporter loves. He gives his all. And I mean, remember when he cut his foot and his boot was full of blood and he still played on. I mean, you, 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 I mean, every supporter loves, loves a player like that. So I get very disappointed when he gets a bit of a hard time, which he does do from some of the support. It has to be said. Yeah, and, yeah I agree with you. And, you know, a little bit unfair, but each game on its merits and if you're in possession and playing well, I could say, um, he's not in possession. As good as your last game, all the cliches fit. Um, yeah. but, let's, but let's not ridicule a man that's given great service for a long period of time either. Uh, hear, hear. Amen to that. All right, mate. Look, um, I'm going to enjoy the game tomorrow, come what may, because there's nothing like going away with Chelsea with your mates. So I shall have a good day, win, lose, lose or draw. But hopefully we will pick up the three points and we will be, uh, well, we're definitely top for Christmas anyway, but it'd be nice to have another three points, won't it? Well, I certainly think that um, we'll get the three points. We are top for Christmas. And before I leave, just uh, a very Merry Christmas to you and all all the listeners and uh, all Chelsea supporters everywhere. I echo that. And a happy Christmas to you, mate. And I'll hopefully catch up with you just before Christmas next week. Cheers, Dave.
It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com.